Well, good morning again. Good to see you. We have a real passion around here to impact the next generation. And it's been something that's kind of been flowing through our veins here at East Bay. Um, is us saying, you know, it's not about us. We're part of the 99. We're part of the convinced. And it's really about those who are coming along. And let me mention two ways that we want to impact the next generation. <clears throat> and one of which is our Coastal Kids Ministry. And we are pumped about this. Gang, it starts next Sunday. You believe next Sunday is November? Yes. Next Sunday is the best Sunday of the year. And you know why? You get an extra hour of sleep. Amen? Yeah, our favorite Sunday. We should do that every Sunday. Amen? Hey, it's going to be great, and I'm so looking forward to our launch for Coastal Kids. And in fact, what we, we just got a little snippet of a commercial that you're going to see on Facebook as well this week, but we've got to see it here together. Why don't you uh, run that for us, Anna? Let's see this together. Pretty cool, huh? That's neat. I'll tell you one thing that can help us. Uh, we do have workers, and we are thankful for our workers. We want to make the load as light as possible. And, um, and so our desire is, is to enlist as many of our church family as possible in helping out with this ministry. And we would like for you to seriously consider it if you're not yet. The more people we can get involved, then the less... The demand is on each individual. And so um, maybe you already saw it in the tear-off portion of the card uh, to sign up to help out with Coastal Kids. And, um, and we would encourage you to do that. And you'll probably see it again next week and even the following. And it doesn't matter what age you are. We're happy to plug in and to utilize you in, in service. Do note that if you wanted to talk directly to uh, Sarah Fischel, our director of this, please do that as well. Here's another way we're going to impact the next generation, and it is um, this Christmas. We're going to do two things to encourage children in church, and one of which is foreign. It's called Emmanuel's Child, and it's $25 buys a special star. And the, the money from all of it goes to Russia. It goes to our missionary pastors and a group of pastors in, in their coalition and they are able to connect with children in their churches with the funds that we generate for their Christmas time. And so it's a way that we're helping foreign missions and ministries that we connect with in Russia to minister to the next generation. Here's the second thing that we're going to look to do, and that's locally we want to team and partner with the Pregnancy Care Center of Traverse City. <laughs> and we would like to buy four dressers. Four children's dressers. These are called, it's called Deck the Dresser. We want to buy the four dressers. We want to have them in the foyer. We want to flip them on their front so the back is facing up. We want everyone here to be able to sign and write notes on this because these four dressers are going to go 
to special moms in our community that although they're in a tough situation, they went to the, the pregnancy care center and they chose life. We want to show that we are pro-mom, we are pro-baby, and, and, and we want to encourage them and help them. And so these dressers, we're going to sign them all, we're going to get them going, and then we're going to stuff them. We want to stuff them with everything that can help mom and help baby over the first number of months of their life. And we want it to be a good enough dresser. It's going to take this child all the way through their life. I would, I just get a dream in my mind of these kids graduating and going through college and they get married and they take this baby dresser of theirs from their childhood into their new home with their family. And on the back it says East Bay Calvary Church. And there's a note from every one of us saying how we are there and we love and we support them all the way. Doesn't that sound awesome? So here's what we need to do. We're buying four, and we're getting very nice dressers. And I already had one person commit to buying one. There's three left. There's $635. And if you're interested in buying one, or maybe you want to go Habsies, maybe your small group is saying, hey, we want to do it and partner together. We need to buy three more. And I just need to know over the next week or so, and, um, and then we'll go from there. We'll get them. They'll be here in the foyer. We'll get signing away, and then we're going to encourage you, here's what you can bring to start stuffing those babies and, uh, and get them to the pregnancy care center to be able to help them. Sound good? You up for this? Are you awake? You have me a little nervous here, people. Really, you do. I'm looking out there, and some of you are a little bit tired. Time to, and I'm talking about listening today. That's, that's even the worst thing, you know. We're going to be dealing with the whole theme of listening. So grab your copy of the Scriptures. Turn to James chapter 1. And James is almost to the end of your Bible. It's way to the right. And, and if you um, have your iPhone or some electronic device, it's, it's James 1. We're in verses 19 through 21. So far in our discussion, we have learned uh, James is writing to believers. He's writing to people like us. They're actually a part of local church ministry. And they've been going through things just like you and I do. They're, they're going through many different difficult experiences, different kinds of challenges and trials, low finances and resources. They're dealing with temptation, as we talked about last week. So these folks are going through everything that we're going through, and they're feeling the impact of life in a difficult way. And it's amazing. I love this because we, here we're opening a book, gang. This was written 2,000 years ago. And it still connects with now. It still connects with today. And, and what else would you expect from a book written by God? You know, that he knows what people of all ages throughout all of time are going to be dealing with. He knows exactly what you're feeling and I'm feeling in our very moment right together. And he's written this. It really connects with us now. He knows that we're dealing with challenges, and we need faith that works. And it didn't just work in Bible times. It didn't just work for the early church. It didn't just work for the church in history. It works for us now. True faith works for you. It works for your life. It works for your home. It works for your marriage. It works for your finances. It works for your health. It works for your job. True faith Works And this morning, we're going to discover the most critical steps for active and effective faith. How do I get my faith to work? What steps do I take to have effective faith? 
What do I need to avoid or be aware of that would hinder my faith? And so let's get started. You have your worship folder, your East Bay Weekly. Hopefully you have it flipped over where your notes are going to be. And I want you to write this in. We need to get a locked-in definition of faith. A locked-in definition of faith. And, and, and this is not on your notes. Plot them in there somewhere up, up above. And we will work through this definition together. Here it is, faith, a decision or action that demonstrates obedience to God's word. A decision or action that demonstrates obedience to God's word. I like this because it shows, folks, faith is active. We, we don't say, I, well, I have faith. And do nothing. Oh, I have faith. Okay, how does it show? Well, I, because I believe. It's not merely an intellectual exercise. To have faith, we must show active obedience to what God has told us to do. And here's what we're going to talk about today. But what are the steps leading up to obedience? What are the steps that help me get to the point where I do Show my faith in obedience. And that's what all of this morning is about here. I want to show you here on the screen our passage for study. Verses 19 through 21. And I'll let you, I'll let you stay seated, okay? If you're concerned about falling asleep, you may stand with me. That's maybe why I stand during the sermon. Uh, so I don't fall asleep during it as well. Let's read this together, though. Verses 19, 20, and 21 of James chapter 1. Read it with me, would you? My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept. Here's tremendous keys for us in our steps. What are the steps leading to obedience? And the, the text mentions three specific things that we're going to be looking at. Notice the, the commands. It says everyone must be quick to Okay, we are in trouble this morning, aren't we? Wow. Okay, everyone must be quick to? Yes, and then we'll be slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now, I know these are good. These are very good instructions overall. Like, you, you know, I, I know my parents have told me these in my growing up years. Brian, shh, stop, be quick to listen, you know. Shh, slow to, slow to speak and... Ease up on the anger, slow to become angry. It's good advice all the way around. However, there's something very specific that James wants to deal with, with what are we quick to listen to? What are we slow to speak against? What are we slow to become angry against? And, and we're going to find out, and this is one of your blanks, that the primary factor determining interpretation what are, we, what are we quick to listen to, slow to become angry to, slow to speak against? The primary factor determining interpretation is context. It's 
context. One of your blanks there, context. The three main factors in real estate are location, location, location. The main factor for interpretation is context. Context is the location immediately surrounding the word or phrase that we are studying. So I want you to look at this. When he says, I want you to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, what is he talking about that we're quick to listen to? So notice, if you would, just inch up in your Bible to verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all who he created. So here, James introduces this word of truth, and then he mentions below it, I want you to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then notice, get down here a little bit farther in verse 21. The primary command after quickly listen is, at the end of verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So here we see the word of God mentioned above it, the word of God mentioned below it, and now look at verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, and the word there for listen, guess what, is the very same one in the original language mentioned up above in verse 19. Be quick to listen, and then he says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word, do what it says. So I want us to note, in this passage, God is saying that he desires contextually that we be quick to listen to his word. That we be slow to speak against it or give a rebuttal. And that we be slow to become angry when he tells us to do something that we may not really like to do. So let's jump into it together. Here we go. When handling God's word, these steps toward obedience or faith. Number one, be eager to listen. Be eager to listen. He mentions, take note of this, or my dear brothers and sisters, he's grabbing everyone together. If you call yourself or consider yourself follower of Jesus, he wants us to take serious note, give our attention to what he's just about to say. And he mentions be quick. And the idea is with speed, without any delay, immediate, that our natural knee-jerk reaction when God's word is spoken, bam, I'm, whoop, I'm tuned right into it. I understand what's going on. And then he mentions be quick to listen. And the idea is to give ear to, or here's your blank, to offer one's full attention. To attend to, to take in a teacher or a teaching. One of my favorite stories of listening is um, a 92-year-old buddy of mine back in New York. And, um, we had so much fun together. He was mentioning a time that he and his wife were sitting at the dining room table. And they were long retired. I mean, they were about 35 years into retirement and still enjoying it. And I remember him saying they were sitting at the table and he's like, he says to his wife, Ruth, he says, boy, wonder what I should do today. They just got done eating breakfast. They went through some Bible study today. He says, wonder what I should do today. 
And then he goes, I think I'll mow. And she looks at him and she says, well, why don't you mow? And he says, I think I'll mow. And she looked at him and she said, well, why don't you mow? And he says, I think I'll mow. And she says, Bert, if you don't know, why don't you mow? And obviously, they weren't quite getting the message too well, were they? To, to listen, to give full attention, to understand what the other one is saying. Chuck Swindoll says it this way. He says, once I found myself with too many commitments and too few days, he says, I was nervous, I was tense, I was snapping at my wife, I was snapping at our kids, I was choking down my food at mealtimes, I was irritated. All those unexpected interruptions were coming, and, and he recalls all this in his book called Stress Fractures. He said, before too long, things around our home started reflecting the pattern of my hurry-up style of life, and it was unbearable to everyone. He mentions, I distinctly remember after supper one evening, the words of our younger daughter, Colleen. She wanted to tell me something important that had happened at her school that day, and she began hurriedly. She said, Daddy, I want to I tell you something, and I want to tell you really fast. And, and suddenly, realizing her frustration... Chuck said, honey, okay, you can tell me, and you don't have to tell me really fast. Say it slowly. And he says, I'll never forget her answer. She said to her, dad, then listen slowly too. Full attention. Just stopping everything, and this is what this listening is, stopping everything and tuning in to one specific thing. And so to put it contextually with what James is saying, you know, when we're dealing with trials, folks, we're dealing with trials. When you're dealing with temptations, and I know we deal with them, when you're going through hardships or struggles in the house or in the workplace or wherever it may be, God wants to tell us something in his word. And the moment comes and he directs it in our path and our attention needs to peak and immediately be drawn and take in everything that he's saying. It reminds me, I'm going to give away my age, of the old E.F. Hutton commercials. When E.F. Hutton talks... People listen. Good to know you're old like me too. We're not always good listeners though. And here's number two. Quick to listen, but then he says you need to be aware of the obstacles. Notice how he moves through these, and I, I really like the sequence of the text. He mentions be quick to listen, and then he says slow to speak, Slow to become angry. I want to show you some of the obstacles that he's mentioning. These are obstacles to obedient faith. Beware of the obstacles. The very first one is our excuses. Our excuses. This is slow to speak. 
And so we'll be listening and, and we understand God's word and how it relates to our situation. But then instantly we may have a rebuttal. Yes, but, or God, you don't know, my situation doesn't really line up with what you're telling me. Or we'll say, you know what? This is unique, what I have going on. And we give a rebuttal or we give our excuses for, God, this is why what you just told me won't work. And so the text says, you know what? Hold on to those. Quickly listen to God's word and hold on to your exceptions, to your own personal reason why it won't work, why your situation is different, Maybe why we're not affected by this temptation or why we just know better. And he says, be slow to speak. Hold on to that. He mentions another obstacle is our disapproval. He mentions be slow to speak, be slow to become angry. And he mentions that this anger, it does not jive with the righteous life that God desires. And so here's our disapproval. Slow to become angry. So sometimes we hear what God's word says and we will give our rebuttal. I don't like that. I don't think it fits with my situation. I think I'm the exception to the rule. I don't think that that really applies to me. Our rebuttal. And then the the next obstacle he says is just our plain old anger. We get ticked off at this. I'll tell you one example. Like when the Bible says in Jesus' writing, he says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then Jesus comes out with this, but I tell you, love your enemy. Now, I don't know what that does to your heart right now. probably doesn't warm it and give it all kinds of fuzzies. Sometimes when addressed with something like this, some people think, are you kidding me? I will not love my enemy. Maybe the Bible says something, forget your enemy, you need to love your spouse. (laughs) Oh, but you don't know what they've done. And there's this disapproval with God's word, another obstacle to obedience and faith. And so James is saying, be careful. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Don't give your rebuttal. Be slow to become angry. If you become angry, there's no way that we will be people of faith. It will not help us to work out this righteous life that God desires. And then notice down in verse 21, it mentions the third obstacle are distractions. Distractions. And and he categorizes these. So therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent. And so here in our need to understand and hear God's word, there are distractions and they can take the form of our temptations and these things that we desire, all of these distractions that can draw our heart away from focusing on God's word. And and this is such a challenge in today's world. One of the greatest obstacles we face to accepting God's word is sin when we protect and give a safe place for it in our hearts. 
that really muddies our ability to clearly hear God's word. I'm going to tell you, um, you know how hard it is to listen to two things at the same time? Wives, try this today while your husband's watching the football game. Let's see how that goes. I'll tell you another one. You ever have a radio station on? And you're loving it, it's playing your tune, and you're driving down the road, and it's, you're just getting out of range. And all of a sudden, it's your favorite song, you want to sing along, and then all of a sudden, it starts to get a little staticky. And then all of a sudden, bing, here's opera on the other side. And there's these competing songs, and it's not going well together. And, and it just gets so annoying, and you just can't listen to two things at the same time. And there's probably some opera lover in here It's like, I can't believe he used opera on the other side of it. But it's so hard. We can only really listen to one station at a time, and we end up with distortion and frustration. And listening requires a choice of where I place my attention, tuning out the things that would distract me from getting the message clearly. And to tune into God and his word, I must first choose to put away all that will divide my attention. And here's what they are, our excuses. Our disapproval and our distractions. And if we put those away, and then here's the real key to obedience. I love this. Therefore, verse 21 Get rid of all moral filth, the evil that is so prevalent, and here's the big words for us. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I just, these words, I know that they're not unique. These are ones you would be understanding of the word humbly, to have this mild disposition, this gentleness of spirit, this meekness. No rebuttal for me. God, you're not going to get me telling you what I want to do and not want to do, I'm going to be humble. And then he mentions accepting or embracing or making it as your own. And in this last command, I really believe the text exposes probably our biggest obstacle to accepting God's word. And here's what it is. It's that blank there. And I say it from personal experience as much as from biblical understanding our main obstacle to accepting God's word, and man, this comes from the heart, is pride. That humble acceptance, and sometimes it's just not there, and I say, but I think I know better, or I really would rather do this, or God, you don't know what you're asking of me when you say to do this. And the, the text mentions, you know what, enough of pride Enough of I know better, and rather when God mentions his word to us, my antenna is up, I am quick to hear it, and I'm just going to put a hold on my words and a hold on my attitude. And God, in humility, I embrace what you have to say for me. Humble acceptance requires we lay down pride. We lay down defenses. We say goodbye to our ideas, to our agenda, and say, God, you're right. It's exactly what I need to do. It's, a, you're, it's exactly who I need to be. It's exactly how I need to respond. That right there is humble acceptance.
These are steps toward obedience. These are steps toward faith. It's listening. Now, interesting, um, I read an article on communication. And um, this, is really, this is really unique, and especially in our day of um, thumb talk, you know, and how all that goes. It's interesting that um, communication is 93% nonverbal. You realize that? And 7% verbiage and words. And it kind of makes you wonder when most of our talk is like this with super thumb. And, and you realize, you know, how much is missed in our communication when that's all that it is. And then you can pick up the phone. I know it's a really novel idea to people under 30. You can pick it up and put it near your ear and mouth and actually verbalize. And so you do get tone, which is a part of the nonverbal, 38% of the nonverbal. But now we're missing probably the biggest communicator in all of our discussion. And you know what it is? The facial expression and the body language. 55% of our communication is facial and body language. So here's an interesting thing. God says, I want you to quickly listen, slow to speak, slow to become anger, and put off the distracting sins. And you know what? He knows right now if we're really listening. He knows because he sees all of it in our mind and in our heart. Are we really listening? Or do we put up an immediate defense? He knows. Now, you might be able to fool me. I think pastor thinks I'm listening. I think the person next to me thinks I'm listening. God knows if we really are listening. He knows if his word matters to him in our decision making and in our lives. And, and we can talk about we need to exercise obedience, but this is the step before obedience. It's taking it in and not not debating with God and humbly accepting whatever he says. Abraham Lincoln once got caught in a situation where he wanted to please a politician. So he issued a command to transfer certain military regiments. And, and when the Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, received the order from Lincoln, he refused to carry it out. And in fact, he went so far as to say that President Lincoln was a fool. And Lincoln was told that Stanton had said he's a fool. And here's how Lincoln replied. If Stanton said I'm a fool, then I am probably a fool. Because Stanton is nearly always right. I'll see for myself. And then the two men got together and President Lincoln listened to Stanton and then quickly realized his decision was a serious mistake and without hesitation he withdrew it. 
And that's listening. I want to encourage us right now and ask us, how are we doing in the listening department? This is the step before obedience. Are we really open? Are we really taking it in? Is this really serious to us? That God, you've said it, and if you say, I'm a fool, must be I'm a fool. Must be something I need to change. Must be your way is better than my way. And that's the type of spirit God wants us to have when we listen to his word and get it. And so you know what? Just for a moment, would you with me, I want us to listen. Would you quietly just close your eyes and listen? This is the step before obedience. How are we doing? Are we listening to God's word? Do we hear it more than just on Sunday? God says something, do we debate him? Does it upset us? Are we harboring anything that becomes a distraction from really, really listening? Would you take a moment and do a little bit of business with God? Where are you at in the listening department? How open are you to his word? Maybe today you need to make some decisions about just being in God's word. Maybe part of it. Or opening up to someone who you can share that, you know what, I need help in listening. Because sometimes I want to tell God what I want to do rather than listen. Would you talk to God in the quiet? Share with him what's on your heart. Commit to being a listener to his word. Talk to him. Father, I pray, give us ears to hear, hearts to embrace, and Lord, help us to really seriously do business removing obstacles, of rationalizing our way, disagreeing our way, out of really listening to what you have to tell us. May you find with these friends and family of East Bay eager people to hear your word, to love it, to embrace it, and to do it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the steps before obedience. Next week, we're going to talk about the biggest deception in the church globally. Wait till you hear this one.
I can't wait. We start in verse 22, the greatest deception. But let's, before we even get there, be listeners to God and to his word this week. I'm letting us out, friends, five minutes early. It's not going to happen every week. But you know what? Um, We have a busy day today. we got a lot of important things going on. Make sure to be praying for the Drakes and for all that they're going through. Be a part of the celebration this afternoon if you can. And for those who want to participate in our church meeting, it's going to start in about 10 to 12 minutes from now, right here in the auditorium on the main level. Come on down. Go on out and mill around for a while. God bless your week. And we'll see you next Sunday, if not before.